What's up, witches? And welcome to Witch Space. Today we are talking about Margaret Murray in our first ever A Witch in Time, where we analyze the important figures that have changed witchcraft from its conception to now. And it's interesting that you use the word conception because when you're talking about Wicca, um, this is the book that, for better or for worse, is the book, the one that kind of brought Wicca to people's consciousness. And the book, of course, is The God of the Witches, which was published in 1931. Margaret Murray, for people who may not know, she was an anthropologist and Egyptian, I can't say it, Egyptologist? Egyptologist. Egyptologist. She studied Egypt. Yes. And she was the person who started to uh, investigate the origins of witchcraft everywhere. Not necessarily Wicca, right? She didn't even call it that. She called it the witch cult. And two important takeaways, I think, from her book is that one, witches, no matter what they were called, have always existed, right? She goes back to the Paleolithic era, brings us into fairy Wicca. She discusses the Malus Maleficarum, uh, the witch's hammer, and just things that are considered by most people to be modern-day Wicca. So one, witches have always existed, no matter what they were called or where they were on the planet. And two, it's not just for the poor. And I think that's something that a lot of people, when they think of witches back in the day, it's this whole idea of they didn't have money to see a doctor, so they saw the wise women. And yeah, that was true, but it wasn't just poor people that were witches. You know, anybody and everybody could be involved in the, her witch cult. Let's call it the witch cult, I guess, for the purposes of discussing uh, Margaret Murray. Yeah, technically, Wicca doesn't technically exist Technically, doesn't exist. But yeah, because it was much later that other books were written. But I guess we can get to that. So that's basically what we're going to be discussing, The God of the Witches. Do so you want to dive right into the controversy? Well, you are rubbing your hands. <laughs> I'm so excited. So I'm going to say, yes, what do you want to discuss? So... We mentioned this, I think, in the last episode, but also this is just the thing that I bring up every time Margaret Murray gets discussed, is when I started witchcraft, Margaret Murray was not considered valid. She was basically disproven in her scientific field. By the end of her life, people were like, you're a bad anthropologist. We don't want to listen to you. And for me, this was the first time I read this book, and it was really, really hard to get through it with that kind of bias. Because I was sitting there being like, oh, this anthropology is bad. This sounds dumb. This doesn't make any sense. So even though it was sort of like, oh, this is the first time that anybody ever mentioned the horned god. And that was cool. I was still sitting there like, what? what is this? Where is your pseudo-anthropological background? What, what is it doing? Well, when, when I started with Wicca... It was expected that you read this book and the flaws were already pointed out, but it didn't matter. I think when I think of Margaret Murray, I think about other texts that have been uh, maybe maligned, if you will, such as Pride and Prejudice. People do not see Elizabeth Bennet as a feminist. Yet, if you look at the time she was living in, yeah, not marrying because she wanted to marry for love is a huge statement. She could have been out on the street if she didn't marry who she had to marry. And Margaret Murray, although flawed, what was there before? And 
even if it's not 100%, look, if you look at any of the texts, look at Gerald Gardner's text that we'll look at in another episode, that's not flawed from the 1950s? I mean, anything that you look at that's old is going to be flawed. But when I read this for the first time, I was amazed. I was amazed that anybody was talking about this stuff. I was amazed at some of the connections she was making to older things. Yes. Obviously, I don't know what she was thinking or what was going on when she wrote some of these things. But still, I think that it holds up. I think it's important to know that somebody was writing something about it. Other people besides Gardner, people like Doreen Valiente, she actually went to search for other witch cult members in Britain. You know, she was hoping that maybe, just maybe, there were other people um, that were still alive, you know, people who had carried on the tradition from when Murray um, had researched it. So it tells you something. You know, if people like Gardner and Valiente are reading this book and getting ideas and building off of it and searching for people, there's validity here. There's something happening here that's not just valid, but essential to witchcraft. If only they had had Instagram or Facebook back then, because all I see is like people going to Glastonbury. There's like a buried well down there or people just going to travel through Britain, looking at Stonehenge and all that other stuff. Well, what I think is interesting about that is we give so much credit to witches in that part of the world. Yet in Spain, there's a place called Zugaramurdi. And it's like the Salem of, of Spain. It's up north. These witches supposedly they congregated in caves. But good luck trying to find something in English. I really haven't had a lot of luck finding something in Spanish. And I'm hoping that that'll change because I want to visit Zugaramurdi. Yeah. I want to know how old this is. We're talking about cave dwellers. So if we're talking about cave witches. Did they go there because they were shunned? Or is this that old? Is um, it Murray's Paleolithic witch cult? Right. You know, it's quite possible. But she doesn't really focus on that. Nothing would be both cool and also stressful to me than if we, if over time this information is found and say the word for me, the place. Zugaramurdi. If that place proved that Murray was actually right. Oh, wow. That That would be like mind blown moment. That didn't even occur to me. Well, caves, I mean, her whole, her whole forward is about the development of that paleolithic religion right so yeah wouldn't it be funny if she focused on britain so much but actually it was in spain that would be fantastic (laughs) this is our new life goal okay figure out (laughs) which space goes to spain and we write a book but yeah i think that there's a lot of validity validity to murray and i think if we as witches today with everything we know now if we go back and we read this book, what have we missed? What else might be true? Yeah, and I think this is a good first step for us to now have that mindset going into the rest of A Witch in Time. What have we missed from Crowley? What have we missed from Gardner? What have we missed all the way up to... Buckland and Cunningham. And... <laughs> She's and on the list. We're doing it. Okay. <laughs> I think listening to you say that and being a Hellenic, 
I kind of get it now more than when I was reading it on my own because so much of what I do is air quotes reconstruction. Like I have to build a religion from the texts of some dead people. So yeah, I can understand why, especially like for Wiccans, you would want to have something that ties you back to your ancestors or the people who came before you. And so it is kind of cool to look at what Murray said about sort of the witches who came first. And the idea that, yeah, people did used to do spells. And they kept their spells in a book. So, okay, now we have Book of Shadows. And if you look at it that way, anybody who practices a religion and goes faithfully is part of a coven. So like the church down the street for me is a coven. Yeah, it's a coven. Right? If you go by her definition, Mm -hmm. but it's the first time that was mentioned. Um, The holidays, uh, the esbats, the sabbats, they're not the way they are now. She describes them totally differently, right? Uh, For the sabbats, they were held quarterly. It had nothing to do with agriculture and everything to do with hunting. Which Um, would make sense based on where she's talking about. Which would make sense. So, but it's the first and it gives you something now. And I don't know, I'm just going to say it. You mentioned in your tradition, it's kind of made up. Yeah. Isn't that what we've done? When you're talking about Wicca, because if she says that it's one thing and we say, well, that's not it. And Gardner, who, by the way, she wrote the foreword for one of his books or the intro, whatever it's called. So they knew each other. He took from her. He went off, changed things around. People keep changing things around, but they keep saying, well, this is the way it was back. How do we know exactly how it was? We don't. And that's a thing that, like, especially in my path is so frustrating. And I think that for me and for Hellenics, you're seeing this move towards revivalist instead of saying, okay, you have to practice Greek religion exactly as it was practiced. We can't prove that. And there's so many different Greek city states to choose from. To pick a revivalist style for your religion is a little bit more practical, I think, for the world that we're living in. And so, why, wow, I'm having a, an epiphany on the podcast right now. Why would you then basically shit on Wicca for, oh, well, Margaret Murray made all these things up if we're all kind of making everything up as we go to best honor the gods that we're following? And that's why I think I always got upset with people who are part of a coven or who pull this mentality of, I've been doing this so much longer. And you're part of a coven, so you know how to follow instructions. You know, I I don't think that that makes you a better witch. I don't think it makes you a worse witch. I just think it makes you a witch in a coven or a witch who's solitary or whatever. What's interesting, when talking about covens, the first coven is the New Forest Coven. It's the oldest coven that's been on record. 1935 is the date that we have when they were uh, formed. Interesting. They were aware of Margaret Murray. book came out in 1931. You'd have to be. You'd have to be. So the question is, how much did she influence that first coven? By the way, Gerald Gardner was an initiate of the New Forest Coven. So when we're talking about Wicca, and I'm not saying that because it's made up, it's wrong. But that's why I think it's so important to let other cultures in and to influence our practice and to be witches who are inclusive and not shut off and say, well, no, you're not following the rules. What rules? 
Where did they come from, really? Especially since we know that not everything Margaret Murray wrote was good. Yeah, <laughs> was 100% accurate. It was scientifically valid. But if she's not accurate, and then a coven is formed because of her, and then the granddaddy of Wicca is part of that coven, and he moves off and creates something else, what is everybody fighting about? You know? This gives you a lot more context than I was expecting when I sat down for this this session. I really like, to those of you who are listening, I literally wrote like a bunch of expletives in my notes because I am a person who's really scientific and I was just like, this is bad anthropology and I'm mad about it. But sitting here and listening to you, yeah, you're right. There is so much of a change in the way that you view the development of religion when you take this text, not as anthropological fact, which I struggled not to do, but if you take it as the first step in a staircase or the first stone in a bridge, this is the beginning of what makes witchcraft today. Right. And it's the beginning of disseminating the information out there, right? To see who wants to pick up the mantle, who wants to be the next person to write something and say something about this religion that really was word of mouth, that we didn't even have the capabilities. I mean, can you imagine if Margaret Murray did this and the internet was available? Yes, I remember exactly what it was like when the internet first started and people were posting witchcraft. But I'm just saying... (laughs) I'm just saying, like, if she was able to reach a wider audience, the response is maybe back then there would have been another coven. Yeah, for sure. That would have come out. Who knows? We're not going to know. We can't go farther back. We have 1931 as the starting. I feel like Margaret Mary Lowkey wrote the Bible. And everybody's just been re- reading this text in different ways to create different forms of witchcraft. Oh, I see what you're saying. So, like, this was the text, but then, like, you know, you have the New Forest Coven, and then you have ceremonial magic, which comes in, and then you create Wicca proper, and then Wicca splits off into, like, Alexandrian and Gardenarian and Fairy and Dianic and etc. But you all start from here. I see what you're saying. Yeah, and she does give us the tools to branch out because she tried to really find, even though she mostly hit specific areas, to try to broaden it out and say, okay, what was going on somewhere else? I think what's interesting for me, the problems that you had um, from a scientific point of view, I had from a different point of view. At one point, you know, she's discussing things that they have found and the horn god, and all of a sudden it goes from that to the fact that there are two different types of familiars, divination and domestic, and the devil chooses for the witches. And by the time she starts, she introduces the devil so subtly. You're like, oh, what? And it takes me a while before I'm going, wait, what just happened? Like, why why is this all this devil stuff? And what I find interesting is that for me, that's where she starts to lose um, any type of validity as an author. You're supposedly researching people who are witches and what they worshipped. And then it's almost like she went, okay, I can't find anything else. So now I'm going to take the text from the prosecutors. I'm going to take the text of the people who were 
anti-witch and I'm going to insert all this devil stuff in there. I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, you are. And I think that's really, I'm going back into my little Kindle where I highlighted things because right at the beginning of chapter one, the chapter one is about the horned God, which is a really cool chapter. You should read it, especially if you follow Kernunos or any of the aspects of horned godhood. But the first sentence, the first sentence, and I thought this was really poignant and I highlighted it. The god of the old religion becomes the devil of the new. Mm. So it's almost like she put that sentence there and then expected you to remember, oh, actually, I'm not talking about the devil, but you all call it the devil, so I'm going to call it the devil. I see what you're saying. But she but she does, because there's a lot of talk of prosecuting, how to prosecute a witch, mm-hmm. what makes a witch. And again, you know, either you're talking about the facts of witchcraft and what people were practicing, or you're going to talk about prosecuting witches throughout the ages. Right. Right. All the misconceptions. So I feel that there's misconceptions and then there's, you know, fact or. And they could have been two separate books. You could have talked about how we prosecute witches through the ages and what witches were actually doing so that there's not that weird overlap of, I'm not sure whether or not you're talking about one or the other. Because there definitely is a weird overlap. Yeah. Also, I know that the devil didn't pick my divination familiar, so I just want to, like, you're good, but we need a different way to address that, Margaret. I remember reading that, um, (laughs) rereading it so that we could talk about it on the podcast, and I went, wait, we just get two familiars? Like, I was just kind of like, there's supposed to be two, and then... I snapped out of it and went, wait a minute, this is Margaret Murray. Who cares what she wrote? But <laughs> my first instinct was, wait, I'm supposed to have another one? I can't handle another one. Well, I feel like a divination familiar is like a low-key one. I would I would take a small animal. Like, if somebody wants to just mail me a box full of, like, hamsters or rabbits, preferably with holes so that they live, let me know. Tell me a little bit about the difference in the Esbots and the Sabbaths, because these are not holidays that I celebrate. So what is the difference then between what Murray said and what is practiced now? The Esbots, according to Murray, were held once a week. So there's no mention of the full and the new moons. It was just once a week and they did it. And then the Sabbaths were held quarterly, according to her. So they were the 2nd of February, Candlemas, the Eve of May, the 1st of August and the eve of November, or what we consider Saren. And they were not based on any kind of agriculture. You know, when it comes to the Sabbaths, we're following, you know, the harvest festivals and coming of the sun and, and reaping and sowing and all that stuff. It wasn't agricultural at all. It was basically a hunting schedule. So now we have eight holidays in the wheel of the year. Yes. Are the Esbats and the Sabbaths all in the wheel, or...? Um, no, the Sabbaths are the wheel of the year. So there's eight Sabbaths, and then there's other Esbats. Right. Cool. But what are the Esbats? The new, the full moon, and basically any time that you want to get the coven together and do something. Celebration could be an Esbat. You know, I mean, some witches go all out, and they're really following the moon. They're going to say, okay, at a certain point in the moon's trajectory we're going to do something so esbats are like church and sabbats are like holidays yes this makes i, I hate so that we're discussing sense. it this way because it's so anti-everything but yes if we have to look at it that way yeah 
as a formerly Catholic person, that is the easiest way for me to understand these things. And as somebody who has never been Catholic, I, I'm just, I'm going to go along with it so anybody can correct us if we're wrong, but that's, I think that's how I see it. Yeah. Cool. Now I understand. Okay. That was another thing is, is reading it. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. That's Beth and Sabbaths. I've heard of these words. This makes sense. Apparently it didn't make sense. So I think after all of this, we can recommend that people read this book, even if the anthropology is a little bit stressful, the information that you get out of it and the context that you get is really foundational and kind of changes the way that you approach witchcraft. Yes, I don't know that I would tell somebody who is new to the craft, oh, you must read Margaret Murray. I think it's the other way around. I think that you have to be a practicing witch and then go back and read it and see where we get some of the things that we get, you know, where they come from. See if it makes sense to you. I think it's a fascinating read. I think as a Wiccan, it's an interesting read. Will some of it upset you? I know some of it gets me tight. You know, I read it and I go, no, no, no. <laughs> and then I have to take a step back and go, it's 1931. This does not affect me. Yeah. This has nothing to do with me. It's all going to be okay. So yeah, I, I would not say run out and get this, but if you've never read it and you're practicing yeah, you should know. And I think that you should question. I think one of the things that I hear a lot of witches eventually, you get into a conversation with one long enough, will tell you they hated the fact that however they grew up, whatever the religion was, it was very much dictated to them. Yes. There was no flexibility. There was no asking questions. This is how it is. And this is how it's always been. So I would hope that every witch is questioning why we do things we do, how we do the things we do. I mean, we joke about it on Instagram. You all the see time, memes yes. all the time. And one of my favorite ones, and I'm going to butcher it now, but it was like, you know, this spell calls for, and it lists a bunch of different things. And then on the bottom, it says me. And it says, this spell is going to take whatever herbs I got in the kitchen at the moment. Okay? Yes. And I think that that really is how a lot of us are functioning right now, you know, we have a foundation, we understand how things work, and then we go, all right, look, I don't have time for this, okay? I'm, I'm at work, I've got grad school, I've got this, I've got that, what am I going to do? Okay, you know what, I'm lighting this candle, I'm putting a piece of paper in it, thank you very much, I will. I promise to do better, you know, yes. next holiday, and you move on, and you know, and I'm not saying that every witch is like this, but these are different times. And there's, I think every witch has that day. Even yeah. if we're not all like that, every witch has a moment where they're like, Listen, I have a candle, I have some thread, there's some lint in my pocket, can we make this work? <laughs> I mean, I am guilty of getting home after work or or after school when I'm when I'm in, I've been in grad school and looking at the calendar and going, Oh no, no, that's <laughs> not tomorrow. Yes. You know, and just saying, What am I gonna do? And and you get all panicky. So, yeah, I mean, I think we all have those moments and we try not to have them. But um, but I, I do feel that we should question. And I think when we read the older texts and we have those moments of, oh, this is so annoying. Why are they writing this? What's changed? Yeah. And if so much has changed from 1931 or when we talk about Gardner in the 1950s to now, what changed from the 1800s to then, from the 1600s? If Margaret Murray is right, and there have always been witches, then something has changed. Yeah. And for us not to try to look back, not in shame to say, oh, I don't, I'm not a good witch. I don't practice this way. Or to say, oh, they don't know anything. 
But to really acknowledge the fact that it's a new day, I feel we're more needed now than ever. Uh, it's the fastest growing religion in the U.S. Yeah. Go us. Go us. But you have to ask yourself, what is happening that so many people are questioning? And if we can't question our own religion, then we're not, we're not any better than any of the other religions. If we can't sit back and say, why do we do this? I don't want to do it this way. And I feel if somebody shames you or makes you feel like you're not a witch because you're not doing it their way, you know what? Keep doing you. Yeah. <laughs> Live your life. Yeah. Do the spell your way. Talk to people that are going to support you and help you and learn. Don't stop learning, but I don't think any witch has the right to say you're not doing it right because if that's the case, then none of us are doing it right because Margaret Murray has us doing a whole bunch of weird things that we don't do. So I think I'm going to suggest to the listeners that maybe this book is a, an anniversary kind of read. If mm. you're like, I'm one of those people that keeps track of how long I've been a witch. So maybe a, a two-year or a five-year, or at this point for me, it's a 10-year anniversary that I'm reading this book. That, I think, is a really powerful time for you to look back and say, where did I come from and where did we come from and how are we growing forward? I'm shocked that we got through this book and I actually kind of like it now. Yeah. I feel like you changed my whole mind. Yay! Hopefully I can do the same thing for you and Crowley. Oh, <laughs> gonna be hard so our next full moon uh, a witch in time will be addressing ceremonial magic and specifically ceremonial magician alistair crowley who is a tough pill to swallow his texts are really really dense but i'm a little excited to talk about how ceremonial magic especially came in and created another layer of that foundation for gardner for wicca proper Next episode will be our new moon in February, where we will talk about Imbolc and love spells, because Gemini does Wicca stuff. Thank you so much for listening, and of course remember, if you're following the moons, you're following